Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. As rhetoric heats up over Ukraine, we'll zero in on the messaging campaigns between Moscow and Washington. And Central America and Mexico are enjoying an unexpected jump in remittances from migrant workers in the U.S. Our correspondent spoke to some of them. You know, one of them said to me, you know, it seems like nobody wants to take these jobs. I don't know why, because these are very well-paid jobs, you know, relative to what migrants would make in their home countries. Plus, we'll look at whether the risk of investing in emerging markets is still worth the shrinking reward. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The U.S. closed its embassy in the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv yesterday and moved its staff further west. This comes as U.S. allies warn that a Russian attack on Ukraine may be imminent. As tensions have ratcheted up, so is the rhetoric. The FT's chief foreign affairs commentator Gideon Rockman spoke to us about efforts by Moscow and Washington to control the narrative. Well, I think it's been striking throughout this crisis that America has been very public in its warnings of uh, Russia invading. Now, Some of that might be for the reasons stated. They say they want Americans to get out of Ukraine before the tanks start rolling, possibly to avoid the kind of debacle that you had with the evacuation of Kabul. But I think it's also because they want to get ahead of the Russians. They want to say, look, uh, Russia has ringed Ukraine with troops and don't believe the Russian story. They want to dominate the airways because the Russians are saying we have no intention to invade. This is all about Ukrainian actions. Ukraine's being aggressive. The West is being aggressive. So both sides are trying to shape the narrative. But Gideon says that Western allies may be at a disadvantage compared to Russia because there's such a high level of public distrust in government in the U.S. and in Europe. There was one poll recently where there was a cross-country a question put to people in the West saying, do you believe there's a single group of people who secretly control all world events? Over 20% of the public in Germany, France, Britain and America saying, yes, we believe that. Now, if your public are at that level of scepticism, whether you can continue to create a kind of national consensus around policies, say, towards Russia, which may demand some economic sacrifice, some danger if you're having a a kind of militarized response, then, uh, you know, what, what Russia will be trying to do is to widen the number of people in the West who are skeptical of their governments and therefore weaken the basis for a unified Western response. Gideon Rockman is the FT's chief foreign affairs commentator. The money that migrant workers send back home has always been critical for their families and for their home country's economies. But last year, there was an extraordinary rise in remittances sent by Mexican and Central American migrants in the U.S. Amounts sent back to countries like Honduras and Guatemala rose more than 25 percent. Here's the FT's Mexico and Central America correspondent, Christine Murray. The number one reason is really the strength of the U.S. economy and the the availability of jobs for migrants. Speaking to migrants who are in the U.S., you know, they all say that there are job ads everywhere. You know, one of them said to me, you know, it seems like nobody wants to to take these jobs. And I don't know why, because these are very well-paid jobs, you know, relative to what migrants would make uh, in their home countries. Several migrants said to me, you know, that they think what they would make in an hour in the United States would take them a whole day in Mexico. 
The rise in remittances means Mexico and Central American countries are more reliant on migrant workers. Christine says Mexico's leader even gave a public shout out to them. The president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, you know, has said that the migrants that send back money from the U.S., um, you know, are heroes. And he compares them to doctors and nurses saving lives. The researchers I spoke to said that actually, you know, remittances are kind of a natural part of development. Obviously, there are a lot of homes that really rely on this money to stay out of poverty. Even in Mexico's huge economy, remittances make up 4% of GDP. That's more than oil exports or foreign direct investment. Christine told me about one Mexican worker she spoke to. He's now a waiter in the U.S. state of Kentucky and makes about $5,000 a month. And he manages to send back a quarter of his paycheck. But he did mention that for this year, you know, he's worried about inflation in Mexico and will probably have to send even more. Um, He said he'd probably have to stop saving so that he could support his uh, wife and family back in Mexico. So, yeah, inflation is really is really eating into remittances. And uh, this year, you know, they're expected to rise again, though not by um, as much as in 2021. Christine Murray is the FT's Mexico and Central America correspondent. Investing in fast-growing, developing economies was long seen as high risk, but high reward. That calculus may now be changing. The FT's Jonathan Wheatley says emerging markets may now be high risk, no reward. He joins me to talk more about this. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Matt. So is it really no reward or just not enough to justify the risk? Look, as ever, it's very, very hard to say. But I mean, certainly an awful lot of investors have been looking for rewards in emerging markets for many years and not been finding them. I mean, that's particularly true in the in local currency debt, where when things go in your favor, you can make a lot of money because in, interest rates in emerging markets tend to be higher. And for many, many years, there was something called the carry trade where people would borrow where interest rates are low to invest their money where interest rates are high. And emerging markets for many years were a no-brainer in that. People cleaned up fantastically. But that hasn't been the case for a good decade or so now. Um, Some people hope it's going to come true this year, but I'm afraid there's all kinds of conditions rather stacked against that. Yeah, I want to talk about those, Jonathan. What exactly has changed? Well, an awful lot has changed. I mean, one thing right now is the pandemic. But even before the pandemic came along, um, the the growth mojo had kind of gone from emerging markets and they were looking around trying to get it back. For a long time in the 90s, and especially the first decade of this century after China joined the World Trade Organization, uh, China was the big engine. China was sucking in goods from other emerging markets, a lot of commodities, but lots of other stuff as well. Um, And China is now growing in a different way. It's growing more slowly and it's growing in a way that is much less import dependent. So that's that's been bad. Um, And now the pandemic obviously has hit. Uh, and that obviously hasn't helped at all putting emerging markets in a in a better place to invest in for growth. So assuming that the trend that you're describing continues, what does that mean for emerging markets? Does that investment just dry up? Oh, over the past several months, the amount of money going into emerging market stocks and bonds, according to the Institute of International Finance, which compiles data on these things, that has basically come to a sudden stop. I mean, apart from China, it turned quite strongly negative in January of this year. It's always very hard to extrapolate into the future from past trends. 
But at the moment, investors are really sitting on piles of cash that they don't really know what to do. And actually, one of the things that's driven quite a lot of emerging market investment in recent years is all the trillions of dollars that the Fed and other advanced economy central banks pumped into global financial markets. First of all, after the global financial crisis a decade ago, but then again, of course, massively during the pandemic, that money has to go somewhere. And a lot of times when it's gone into emerging markets, that's been the motive. It's got to go somewhere. So here are some assets, let's buy them. But as that gets withdrawn, that becomes less of an issue. And that's what's about to happen again. Jonathan Wheatley is the FT's Emerging Markets Correspondent. Thanks, Jonathan. My pleasure. Before we go, the U.S. state of Texas yesterday sued Facebook's parent company Meta. The state's attorney general filed a complaint accusing Meta of collecting its citizens' data from photos and videos and posting them without consent. Attorney General Ken Paxton accuses Facebook of violating state law billions of times. He wants at least $10,000 in civil penalties for each violation. Now, Facebook already said it would shut down its facial recognition system and get rid of the data it collected. It responded to the Texas lawsuit, saying it was without merit. But last year, Facebook agreed to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to settle a similar lawsuit from the state of Illinois. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.